Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Now, when we correlate this to sin, nobody likes to talk about this, especially in modern American churches. Nobody wants to talk about sin in the church. We don't even like the fact that we are sinners. Nobody wants to tell us uh, or let you know that you're a sinner. But I'm here to let you know, not only are you a sinner, but I'm a sinner as well. But here's the deal. Sinners saved by grace. Redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Most people are totally fine with the love and grace aspects of the gospel. Telling people that God loves them and sees them as his children is a nice message. Telling people that their hearts and actions are wicked and deserve judgment will probably get a completely different reaction. That doesn't feel good. But as Pastor James will point out in today's message, the truth of God's grace and love brings hope. Because without it, we're left in that sinful nature, destined for destruction. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Leviticus chapter 11 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Verse 8 says, if a woman concerning the sacrifice, if she can't afford to bring a lamb, because that's a, that's a costly sacrifice, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Those are the same sacrifices, the pigeons um, that Mary and Joseph would bring to the temple after Mary had had uh, the baby Jesus, right? Because there's just two poor kids and they, they can't afford a lamb, but they could afford two birds, right? So praise God that even God allows that. He's like, you know, if you can't afford that, this for this sacrifice, well, then I will allow you to bring this kind of sacrifice. God's good, man. He's so good. One will be for the burnt offering and the other for the purification offering. The priest will sacrifice them to purify her, and she will be ceremonially clean. And, and it, everything's back to normal. It's kind of sweet, right? So that's chapter 12. Real short and sweet, but like, I love how God carved that out in the midst of all this. There at Mount Sinai, at the base of Mount Sinai, he's like, Let's talk about what you can eat. Let's talk about sacrifices, what you can eat, what you can't eat. And oh yeah, by the way, hey moms, when you give birth to those babies, here's what's going to happen for you. So now, this last part, there's a lot of verses to cover, but let me, uh, let me break this down for us um, through verses, specifically chapter 13 and 14. Um, if we get to chapter 15, it'll be a miracle. But uh, 13 and 14 to all talk about leprosy. Okay, so just so you understand, leprosy in the Bible was always like a a representation of sin. Okay, so it is a real disease. It's a real disease that still happens to this day. But in these times, what we're looking at in Leviticus 13 and 14, I mean, this was like, this is a disease that nobody for sure, I mean, you don't want to get it today, but uh, for sure back then, I mean, it's not that there weren't treatments and stuff for it, but I mean, if you got it, like... It could be the end of you. Um, not just like physically, that would be true, but um, society-wise, like nobody wants to be around a leper because nobody wants to get leprosy. So God is going to use this skin disease as an illustration for, and Jesus does it in the Gospels, for how sin is, for how sin is, okay? So I want to plant that seed in your brain as we read through these verses 
so that you understand when I'm saying leprosy, I'm also just having it in your brain to think in sin, okay? Verse 1 of 13, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, if anyone has a swelling or a rash or discolored skin that might develop into a serious skin disease or leprosy, that person must be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to one of his sons, okay? So they need to be brought to a priest to be examined. Priest will examine the, the affected area of the skin if the hair in the affected area has turned white and the problem appears to be more than just skin deep. Sin is always more than skin deep. Okay, see that you see what it did there? Um, it is a serious skin disease. And the priest who examines it must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean. Okay? So, you know, you're doing like a little check and you notice a, a little sore or something like that, and you, you got to go get that checked out, right? That's just wisdom. And so you go to the high priest or to one of the priests, they check it out, and there are certain things that they would look for to make sure it's not leprosy. Because one thing you can't let go unchecked or unnoticed is leprosy. Because leprosy that is unchecked or unnoticed within the camp will spread everywhere, everywhere. So if there's a little leprosy happening in the little tribe or in the village, you got to know about it and you got to address it. You got to handle it. That's how it is. Now, when we correlate this to sin, nobody likes to talk about this, especially in modern American churches. Nobody wants to talk about sin in the church. We don't even like the fact that we are sinners. Nobody wants to tell us uh, or let you know that you're a sinner, but I'm here to let you know not only are you a sinner, but I'm a sinner as well. But here's the deal. Sinners saved by grace. Redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm, a, I'm now considered a saint in his name. Do I still sin? Yes. Yes. But what we should get comfortable concerning our little tribe, our little community, is knowing how to handle leprosy in the group. Little, little leprosy pops up. Churches should know how to handle that in a gracious way, right? Like, that, that should be it. I can envision, you know, when these types of things are going on, I, I would hope that these priests who are making these examinations of people are, like, being very gracious and gentle with them, right? Like, when they see that leprosy, they're not like, you know, I, I hope they're treating them with some sort of dignity, okay? Um, so again, I'm going to try to make some mirrors or some correlations here, but sometimes leprosy pops up in the church today, and the worst thing a church could do concerning that is ignore it. The worst thing you could do. If, if there's leprosy in the colony, you have to handle it. In the Bible, the New Testament even gives us guidelines on how to properly handle leprosy. And it shouldn't be anything that's like, I know, I've been a part of certain stories where, you know, you have to have these meetings with people because there's sin and this stuff, and you gotta, you go to them and you're, you have these meetings. You hope it turns out well, and sometimes it does, but most of the time it doesn't, and people get mad and they leave. Why? Because, well, you pointed out a, a, an infectious spot on their skin. You're like, that's bad. That's really bad. You should do something about that because it's going to kill you. How dare you? How dare you point out my flaw? I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to help you, right? Like, I'm trying to, I've been there, I've been there before myself. The best thing you could do is address the issue in a loving way, 
in a compassionate way, right? Churches shouldn't be putting people on blast, you know, like dragging them up front, like, oh, let me tell you about so-and-so and the sins they've been committing recently and all this good stuff. Like, I don't think that that's what you should do. If you actually love and care about people, then you should come alongside them and say, hey, I've noticed this. Or is everything okay? You doing all right? You struggling with anything? Is there anything I could pray for you about? Or I saw this. Hopefully you haven't heard this because that's a whole nother issue. But like, man, or maybe the spirit has prompted this inside of me to ask you about. And they're like, what are you talking about? No, I don't do that or whatever. Then you get somebody else and you come alongside them because that's biblical. And why? Because we care about you. Because we care. That should be how it is. When these people had these skin diseases, they would go to the high priest. And what they're hoping for from the high priest is that they can, if it is something bad, then they can maybe address it. And let's fix that. Let's fix it. Because I don't want to lose everything. And that should be our hearts and our attitudes towards leprosy in our own lives. Well, I don't want to lose everything. You can't ignore it. You've got to deal with it. So verse 4, it says, if the affected area of the skin is only a white discoloration, it does not appear to be more than skin deep. Maybe it's an eczema spot, right? That's what they're you know, kind of saying there. And if the hair on the spot has not turned white, the priest will quarantine the person for seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest will make another examination. If he finds the affected area has not changed and the problem has not spread on the skin, uh, the priest will quarantine the person for seven more days. On the seventh day, the priest will make another examination. If he finds the affected area has faded and not spread, the priest will pronounce the person ceremonially clean. It was only a rash, right? <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Like the priest has this kind of like this medical re- responsibility to the person of like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure what that is. But you know what you should do? You should separate yourself for about seven days. Let's wait on it. Let's watch it. Let's see. I, I don't think it's leprosy. Okay, well, let's just play it safe. And re-examine after, after a week, still there, but it doesn't, still doesn't, let's play it safe. You just hang out over here for about another week. Come back, it's all gone. It's like me with poison ivy. That's just how it works. Like, just keep me away from anything and everyone, and I'll be okay, right? It'll eventually go away. That's, they had to do these things for the safety of the individual, but also for the safety of the community, okay? And the person who goes into, you know, uh, this seven-day period of, like, quarantine, they're probably not all that offended by being put in quarantine because they're like, I probably should hang out here by me because I don't want to get anybody else. This, whatever this is, we don't know what it is. Don't want to get that to anybody else, okay? So, but this is what they had to do back then because, again, you take leprosy that serious. You take it that serious, Right? If it's just a rash, it's a rash, it'll go away. It says the person's clothing must be washed and the person will be ceremonially clean. So they're good to go. But if the rash continues to spread after the person has been examined by the priest and has been pronounced clean, the infected person must return to be examined again. If the priest finds that the rash has spread, he must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean for it is indeed a skin disease. So we need to address that. Anyone who develops a serious skin disease must go to the priest for an examination. If the priest finds a white swelling on the skin and some hair on the spot has turned white and there is an open sore in the affected area, it is a chronic skin disease and the priest must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean. 
In such cases, the person need not be quarantined, for it is obvious that the skin is defiled by the disease. So they're well past the point of quarantine. Now it's like, this is leprosy, and, and this is a serious deal. Now suppose the disease has spread all over the person's skin, covering the head from head to foot. I can't even imagine what that'd be like. Then the priest examines the infected person and finds the disease uh, covers the entire body. He will pronounce the person ceremonially um, pronounce the person ceremonially clean since the skin has been turned completely white. This is strange. Uh, the person is clean. But if any open sores appear, there's the difference, the effect infected person will be pronounced ceremonially unclean. The priest must make his pronouncement as soon as he sees an open sore. Seems to be the key there, the open sore, right? Uh, and the fact that these open sores are going to be spreading. And so you got, and just to keep up with our correlation here, um, sin is always beyond skin deep and sin always spreads. It always spreads, okay? So moving on. There's, I got a few more. They're going to come up in a little bit later. But certain completely why he's clean, open sore. In fact, the person will be pronounced unclean. There we go. Verse 15, must make his pronouncement as soon as he sees the open sore, since open sores indicate the presence of a skin disease. However, if the open sore, they heal and turn white like the rest of the skin, the person must be returned to the priest for another examination. If the affected area ha- uh, areas have indeed turned white, the priest will then pronounce the person ceremonially clean by declaring, you are clean, right? So we're dealing with skin issues and all that good stuff. It, it seems as though these priests who are looking for active infections, okay? So the white is indicating, uh, this may not be the right term, but almost like a scarring kind of a process, right? Like a, it's, it's healing up. Um, but if you have open wounds, open sores, then it, it, it's an indication that the infection is active. And it's not just active, but it's, it's moving, okay? It's, it's consuming the person. That person is unclean. The one who is healed up from whatever those sores may have been, they're good. They're okay. It's not, the infection's no longer active. It's been healed up, right? Now, what I appreciate about living in these days is as a pastor, I'm not required to be a physician or a doctor or a body inspector. Um, I praise God for that, right? There's dermatologists for that. Uh, you got spots or whatever, go see those guys. Um, they're not fun to go to either, but um, hey, praise God for dermatologists. Uh, except for when they like to chop things off my body. Um, that's fine, but whatever. Uh, praise God that they're there. Um, so that's with like these sores and, and all this good stuff. Now we're going to address kind of in the same vein. Verse 18, if anyone has a boil on the skin that has started to heal, right? So you boil, those are not pleasant at all. But a white swelling or a reddish white spot develops in its place, that person must go to the priest to be examined. If the priest examines it and finds it to be more than skin deep, right? It's deeper than just the surface of the skin. And if the hair in the affected area has turned white, another good indicator for these guys, the priest must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean, right? Because further investigation needs to happen as to what this thing is. The boil has become a serious skin disease. But if the priest finds no white hair on the affected area and the problem appears to be no more than skin deep and has faded, the priest must quarantine the person for seven days. Okay, it's just a boil. That's all it is. Fine. 
We'll separate you for seven days. If during that time the affected area spreads on the skin, the priest must pronounce the person unclean. There you go. Because it is a serious disease. But if the area grows no larger and does not spread, it is merely a scar from the boil, and the priest will pronounce the person ceremonially clean. Okay? So again, just they're going through the little checklist. If anyone has suffered a burn on the skin and the burned area changes colors, becoming either reddish white or shiny white, the priest must examine it. If he finds that the hair in the affected area has turned white and the problem appears to be more than skin deep, the skin disease has broken out in the burn. It's become infected. Okay? The priest must then pronounce the person ceremonially unclean, for it is clearly a serious skin disease. But if the priest finds no white hair on the affected area, and the problem appears to be no more than skin deep and has faded, the priest must quarantine the infected person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must examine the person again. If the infected area, affected area has spread on the skin, the priest must pronounce that person ceremonially unclean, for it is clearly a serious skin disease. You notice the repetition here. But if the affected area has not changed or spread on the skin and has faded, it's simply, and it's simply a swelling from the burn. The priest will then pronounce the person ceremonially clean, for it is only the scar from the burn. So you see what the priests are having to go through. It's like their little schooling, their little training of like, okay, somebody comes in with a little white spot on their skin. All right, number one, step number one, notice the hair that's around it. Is it white? Is it still like normal, their natural hair color or whatever? If it is, then it's probably fine. If it's white, we need to investigate further. If it's a boil, same thing, look for the hair. If it's a burn, same thing, look at the hair, right? Like, just examine that. And this, this is their guidelines for maintaining health within the whole community, okay? But there were always these indicators that would give these priests an idea of what was going on. And it took a little bit of inspecting. It took a little bit of an inspecting. But that was their job. This was the job of the priest, Okay. Um, and, and they had to do this for the health of the people and for the health of the community. Verse 29, if anyone, either man or woman, has a sore on the head or chin, the priest must examine it. He, and if he finds it is more than skin deep, he has, and has a fine yellow hair on it, there, different coloration there, the priest must pronounce a person ceremonially unclean. If it is a scabby sore of the head or chin, the pre, if the priest examines the scabby sore and finds that it is only skin deep, but there is no black hair on it, he must quarantine the person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must examine the sore again. If he finds the scabby sore has not spread and there is no yellow hair on it and it appears to be only skin deep, that person, uh, only skin deep, the person must shave off all hair except the hair on the affected area. Then the priest must quarantine the person for another seven days. On the seventh day, he will examine the sore again. If it is not spread and appears no more than skin deep, the priest will pronounce the person ceremonially clean. The person's clothing must be washed, and the person will be ceremonially clean. But, but, if the scabby sore begins to spread after the person is pronounced clean, the priest must do another examination. If he finds the sore has spread, priest, the priest does not need to look for yellow hair. The infected person is ceremonially unclean. But if the color of the scab, scabby sore, that's just a funny word there, scabby sore does not change and the black hair has grown on it, it has healed. The priest will pronounce the person ceremonially clean. 
Oh man, if anyone, either man or woman, has a shiny white patches on the skin, the priest must examine the affected area. If he finds the shiny patches are only, are only pale white, this is harmless skin rash. Or you just have very low pigmentation, right? Like you can't tan, okay? Um, and it's okay. It's just a rash. The person is ceremonially clean. Can you imagine if you're like a little bit of a hypochondriac living in these days? And you're just like, what's this? What's this? And you're constantly going to the, the priest. You're like, and they're like, oh, it's you again. Um, like, we just didn't through this. Uh, oh, man. But they, they had to examine, and they had to watch for these things. And, and again, this seems like tedious, and there's like a lot of examination, and then you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do this. What I don't want us to miss in the midst, in the sea of lots of verses and re- repetition, is this is God looking out for his people. This is God looking out for his people. Because he could have been like, all right, got you out of Egypt. Best of luck. Hope you make it to Israel. Hope you find your way. I hope you survive any communal diseases and how to figure that thing out. Like, this is God saying, like, look, here's some wisdom. If, you, if this stuff is going on, then this is what you do. This is how you treat it. Because God is full of wisdom, and he loves his people. So I know we're reading through a lot of stuff and all that good stuff. And that's why I wanted to summarize for the most part of like, just keep in mind, leprosy, sin, leprosy, sin. Why? why? We got to deal with sin and praise God that Jesus dealt with sin, ultimately taking all of our sin upon himself on the cross and then raising from the grave three days later so that we don't have to be enslaved to sin anymore. But we still need to be Checking out, like, man, do I, still, do I got something on me? Am I, I need to inspect. Holy Spirit, please inspect me. Make sure there's no spots on me. And if there are, then let's deal with that. Not only for my health, but for the health of the community, right? So verse 40. This is where we're going to get into some other little correlations here, here in a second. If a man loses his hair and his head becomes bald. What's wrong with that? He is ceremonially clean. Nothing's wrong with that is what the Bible says. There you go. So if he loses his hair on his forehead, simply has a bald forehead, he's clean, right? These are questions that would come up within the community, you sure? Because some person's bringing their son or they're like, no, is this normal? And they're like, it's normal. It's cool. It's fine, right? They had to answer these questions. However, if a reddish white sore, here we go again, appears on the bald area on top of his head or on his forehead, it is a skin disease. The priest must examine him. And if you find swelling around the reddish white sore or anywhere on the man's head, and it looks like a skin disease, the man indeed uh, is indeed uh, infected with the skin disease and is unclean. The priest must pronounce him ceremonially unclean because of the sore on his head. Those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. This is where we get from the Gospels, the lepers. And this is what they were made to do. Anytime a leper was coming, was was walking around or whatever, they would have to proclaim themselves as unclean, unclean. Okay, so nobody would come in contact with them. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. And this is like one of the most sad things concerning leprosy. In case you don't know, leprosy would, would cause isolation. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless, red for 
Pastor James Grizzle has been making his way through the book of Leviticus here on Bread for the Broken. Leviticus can be a tough book to get through, with all of its rules and regulations, and sometimes it can be hard to see why we should learn any of that at all today. But every book in the Old Testament points to the person of Jesus. Several of the chapters in Leviticus deal with people who have sinned unintentionally, and then later come to realize their sin. God lays out for them the steps to take in order to receive forgiveness. Now, the people of Israel brought sacrifices to the priests to pay for those sins. But we have a great high priest in Jesus who offered himself as a sacrifice. Leviticus 6-7 says, And the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and he shall be forgiven. How amazing is it that we have this great high priest who has atoned for all of our sins? The mission of Bread for the Broken is to help people find hope and new life in Jesus. If you'd like to join us in that mission, we have an opportunity for you to donate and to help us spread the word. Head on over to breadforthebroken.com to join us in the mission today. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, you can explore all of the other messages and share them with your friends. And if you're in the Galveston, Texas area, we'd love to see you in a service at Calvary Galveston. We're here Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. But if you can't make it, we stream all of our services on Facebook. Well, we're out of time for today. We'll see you again next time here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.